And we're back for another episode of Startup Hustle, a podcast for entrepreneurs by entrepreneurs. If you want to start, own, or build a business, then you're in the right place. We bring you the real truth about what it's like to take something from concept to launch, from growth, innovation, experience, failing, or winning big, we've got you covered. So let's get down to business with another episode of Startup Hustle, brought to you by Fullscale.io. What's up, hustlers? Welcome back. This is your host, Andrew Morgan's founder of Marknology, here for today's episode of Startup Hustle. I'm covering all things e-commerce, Amazon, entrepreneurship. Um, excited about today's guest, Nick Panev. Before I introduce him and get him a chance to say hello, um, he represents a company now called HelloTax. Uh, I think whenever I first connected with him, he sent about 20 or 30 introductions my way. So I'm still catching up a little bit. This guy is a networking freak in the best sense of the word. Um, and is just super connected in the e-commerce industry. Before we get started um, and getting to know Nick's story and more about HelloTax, let's give a shout out to today's sponsor, Fullscale.io helping you build software teams quickly and affordably. Nick, welcome to the show. Thank you, Andrew. Thanks for having me on the show. And thanks for the night for the great introduction. Like you said, like introduction freak, I spoke with a new partner yesterday and I made like 10 introductions and said, man, you're the king of introductions. You are, <laughs> I, you're like the I king guess, of LinkedIn. Yeah, yeah I, I like that. But see, you know, this is not my story. You know, I used to be an, I've been like a sales guy since, probably since kindergarten no i was let's, let's start there let's start in kindergarten yeah, i like to get yeah, the yeah, hero I mean, story kind yeah, of at the yeah, beginning yeah, yeah. the origin story. i mean you know i was in kindergarten no I, i'm from bulgaria back then it, it was a, the end of the 80s it, it was still a communist country so i was drawing i was very good in drawing painting so i was drawing pictures for the other kids like cows whatever and i was selling them for pennies and the teachers called me and they found like a whole jar of pennies in my in my walker and they called my parents and they, and they say okay what are you guys doing why are you teaching him this capitalist shit no he's not supposed to take money he, oh this my is god not, this is not i mean how we do stuff so they punish me they they backlash my parents so i stop my stuff but since then i guess i'm always into selling some stuff and i guess this is this comes natural to me so i finish high school all the other stuff i finish high school in the States, I went to university, but if you consider anything on my side, you know, your career or your, I guess, journey starts after education because I fully believe that you can educate yourself. I mean, yeah. and I, I have calls with people all the time. Nobody ever asked me, where did they go? Where did they finish this and that? They don't do that as well. I judge people not by where where they live or what did they do by what they say and what they do with me afterwards. So always under promise and over deliver. So that's yeah. my approach. And uh, I guess, you no know, sales was the natural thing for me to go as like a sales guy for a US company, like uh, 16 years ago, it, the company was called apos.net. Okay. Hold on, hold on, hold on. We need a little bit more pauses. Cause I got some questions. Okay. I got some questions. Okay. Okay. W sure. One, one, um, I was in, um, Moscow and Belarus as a kid when I was, um, I think I was seven years old. Uh, it was communist in the early 90s, still in Moscow. And um, we traveled by train to Belarus. And I don't think a lot of Americans from the Midwest probably have an understanding of what that country was like, or like Eastern Europe, or any of those places during communist rule. Um, but when he's talk about selling stuff for pennies, I remember going to um like the ballet for 50 cents or something it was mm -hmm. like i mean in america that would never never you know never happen and no matter when if it was the 90s or whenever um so amazing like you know gary v is another one from eastern europe um just some some tough places and i think it can make some of the best entrepreneurs um so i just wanted to relate a little on that um, just really understanding. And I want to get into a little bit more of your story before you just jump into to sales. So, you know, you started um, in elementary, kind of just having a hustle, entrepreneurship mindset. Um, school, out of school, like, were you still, um, were you school. still there or did you move away? 
no, no, I mean, I, I've, I've been in Bulgaria till my, I guess, till, till, till I finished high school. So I finished high school in Bulgaria and, and then I went to the States. But in between then, I, between that, I changed like five or six schools. Okay. I usually, I, I very, I get bored very easily. And my parents are very open-minded. So whatever I decide, they do that. So in high school, I used, I used to have like a castle with some friends. Uh, we were ordering some stuff. We had like friends in the States. They were ordering some stuff where they're importing them and we're reselling them, like the Matrix soundtrack, for example. Nobody knew about the, I guess, that the there was a movie. Exactly. The so we're selling them like crazy. So I guess I was always, I guess, about this type of hustling. selling. You're always hustling. Yeah, but I mean, nothing illegal, but just, I guess, finding like the right solution for somebody or finding a product that there is a big demand for that. So. And honestly, I had no idea what I would like to do with my wife. I went to the States because I like always new stuff. I mean, the funny thing is that I came in the States like a week before the September 11. Okay. And then I went to school one morning in California. No, I was in Layton, which is like close to Fresno. And the first thing we saw were just watching the Twin Towers in the airplane. So that was my first experience in the state wow that's wild. you know i um it's kind of crazy i didn't know our stories were that close but um i moved from congo uh africa when i was 16 uh in december right after 9 11 so um 2001 so i moved two months after you to america um i think i wasn't completely done with high school so i was 16 i still had two more years but very similar timing and i remember like you know because when we first came back it was only two months after that all of the like traveling planes airports everything was like just everyone was freaked out you know security was extremely high i came from congo which is you know if you you get flagged uh you probably similar to being like from um you know a country that's flagged as well that might have terrorists or something like that mm-hmm. uh so every time i traveled for the next 10 years i think i uh when i was younger they pulled us to a room did all that kind of stuff so right after 9 11 it was like it was a crazy time and i'm sure it was crazy time to be um like moving to america i mean the first yeah, memory I mean, you have the, like, it's yeah crazy. The, the, the funny thing is because we have like orientation in new york so i stayed like three days in new york so he like pictures with the twin towers just a oh week before God. the attack. So, I mean, but obviously, no, nobody was expecting that. Even there is like a lot of conspiracy theories, but you know. But one thing I noticed that you know, because I, I lived with the host family, they were like later day saints. You know, I was like had like a host father, and I what I noticed that you guys were very united in the states. I mean, yeah, I mean the community, you know, they just stuck together and. It was, guess, a, it was a beautiful time, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So, but I guess, I mean, this is what I like in the States, the spirit, you know, I was in a small school, like 200 students. Well, I, I love the, the rallies on Fridays, you know, before the games, you know, we were small, small, small school, but I, I like all the energy that, you know, so I guess it's very similar to me because I'm very like proactive guy. I don't wait. I'm always action. I don't want to, I talk, but I always make sure to you know, I keep up the, action after it <laughs> i love that like, it's a testament of like all the intros you made after we connected you know it wasn't even about selling me hello tag so much as selling me people you thought i need to know that were great connections yeah, i mean i do i do that all the time and the thing is no i mean probably no if we talk about partnership in general i mean this is something that a lot of companies or people in general are missing you know they talk they don't keep they don't keep their promises which is mm-hmm. a bad thing you know I mean, and on my side, they always under promise and over deliver. This, this is the the way. I mean, my my wife is saying that I'm a little crazy because I don't do it for the money. No, <laughs> I just like to do it. I mean, whatever I do, I do it like that. I mean, and I guess we're going a little off topic, but I was an e-commerce here where I sold my brand, so I was semi-retired. Let, so for... let me let me help let me help us yeah. get this back on track. Okay, yeah. so yeah. you you you're born as a hustler. Meaning just like selling, like making a hustle, like selling DVDs, selling paintings, selling drawings. Like, you know, you just always were like finding an opportunity. Um, So when did you come? So you moved to the U.S. um, 2001 out of high school. When did you come across e-commerce? Let's start there. E-commerce, 11, uh, nine years after that. So let me just 
give you more. I mean, I finished in. I got a scholarship for Fresno Pacific. I okay. I finished high school. I had a girlfriend back then, and back I then. came what back. Also, yeah, here is this. <laughs> okay, okay, we're, okay. We're, we're married, so it was a good decision after that. So I came back here. I I started this uh, like uh, job in an outsourcing outsource company in Bulgaria, Apos.net. You know, they were based in California. So long story short, you know, I I was there for five years. I was the top sales guy in the in the company. And again, I have this mindset. You know, uh, people, you know, you know, all sales jobs you have like a quota. You need you need to do that much per month. So and most of my colleagues did the following. You know, they hit the quota, which was like seven k. And they stop selling. That's it. On my side, I, I I never stop. I mean, when I hit my quota, I I check who is second. If there are like few cases below me, I'm not happy. I want to be much, I guess, ma- to do much more than. That. And then when I'm, I guess, when I'm happy with what I did for the month, then I start selling for next month. So I never stop. You know, <laughs> I guess there is a little crazy in that because. But I'm just like that. I mean, competitive. I'm, There's some of us yeah. that are that are wired that way, and some of us that aren't. Yeah, and, you exactly. Know, for me, a lot of people, um, <clears throat> especially when I really started getting like my mindset and to really build what I've built for a while, I had to just say no to people all the time, no to hanging out, no to doing a lot of the things I'd done before. You know, we talked about working at bars before before this started and being bartenders. You make a different friend group. They like to go out late and they like to hang out, and that's your family, that's your friends. Um, but I started changing the way I was doing things, my habits. And, you know, for a long time, I got a lot of flack for it. Like, oh, my God, you're working too much or how much money is too much money or you're just like, you know, a workaholic. And um, for me, it was like, no, I'm working more than you, maybe, or harder than you, if you want to say that and you think I'm working too much. But you're really just projecting on me because I know I can do better for myself. Like, you know, I just know that I can bring it more. I can do my research more before the calls or before the podcast or in any number of things I knew, like I have, I can do better and not in a bad way, not in a judgmental way of myself, but just like, a, I guess it really has been me versus me, not to be cliche. But once I started getting that, it was like, well, Nick, you know, you're like, well, okay, I've beat everybody, but like, I didn't beat my last month's goals or like the last month's goals or whatever the case might be. And you're driven to just do better for yourself. You know, I yeah, think uh, ex- some people ex- are just wired that way. Exactly, exactly. My way that you no. Know, some people need guidance. They need somebody to tell them. On my side, I put my own, I guess, targets, goals, and I follow them. Mm. I mean, and I'm very. I mean, and I guess you no. Know, this is where you know it's. I guess the store gets a little more interested. So I was like I told you, the top sales guy in the company. You know, we were doing great, but you know the company got acquired. So okay. they decided to close the office in Sofia. So from doing like five k per month i went to zero which is i mean 5k is a lot in booger i was in my mid-20s you can imagine oh that's a lot of money even now it's a lot i mean the minimum i guess silver is like 500 i think i got i think i got confused a little bit okay so one i do understand i do want to talk about that the salary being like 500 dollars a month and then you were making like 5k that's like that's a big deal in the same way in kinshasa um 99 in congo 99 percent unemployment um if you were making a hundred dollars a month as a congolese that was a huge deal um so putting in perspective um i i missed the part where i thought you were in california no you you went back to bulgaria no no, yeah yeah i went back no this is why i showed you the the ring you know i I came back because of my girlfriend back then my which became wife so it's a good decision okay it didn't because we're still together we have two kids so all good there so uh and for five years i was working in sofia which is the capital in bulgaria for this company Forgive me. the okay. us exactly the us-based company it was called apos.net they acquired that it's it's called coder right now they used to be a competitor of golden and rock space back then okay so that, that's what we do so it had it had nothing to do with e-commerce of course we did like sell dedicated hosting web design but nothing specifically for e-commerce so they closed the office and you know, sometimes in life you have this like bad periods. And I'm not talking only for losing, I guess, the job. The you know, in the meantime, I got, I got a new job, you know. But in the meantime, my wife got pregnant, and we she had a lot of issues with the pregnancy. Okay. You know, in the meantime, I I had a car accident at the exact same uh, place 
twice in a matter of a week. And these okay. are the, the two car accidents that I've had in my life. Okay. And I've been driving quite for, uh, what is it, six and seven years. So it was a very bad period. And to start working for this company and they were doing affiliate marketing. They were getting like offers for different like, uh, like product selling online and they were just doing the affiliate stuff. Just running the offers, finding publishers and that. And I like the idea. I said, oh man, you know what? What I year like was this? Idea. What do you uh, mind me asking? Uh, the year 2010. Okay. 11 years ago. So I, and I worked there for two months and I, I, I like the idea so much. I said, you know what? I'm quitting. Of course, I didn't tell them, but I, I decided to do my own company, but a little different because they were running other companies offers and I decided to uh, build my own brands, like private label brands. Okay. Health supplements. I, 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 I had to convince two of my friends on board because I have no like IT experience. I cannot build websites. I cannot call or anything. So, uh, that's early well, to be doing your own products in like from Bulgaria, right? I feel yeah, like yeah, 2010, yeah. 2011 to be yeah, yeah, doing let, private let, label. That's early, Nick. That's really yeah, yeah, early. yeah. I'll tell you the story. It's getting even better. So, uh, obviously no, I'm, I'm this type of guy. If I see something that I like, I try to execute as quick as possible. Yeah, so even see. though, I mean, I, I got two people on site because obviously I need people to design the website. So the, we, we, we picked the product, a, a Cyberry. I'm sure you've heard of that. Mm -hmm. The the Brazilian magic fruit, I think it's called a Kai berry and a Cy berry. ACAI. Exactly. ACAI, yeah, yeah. exactly. So I've it was like, it. yeah, yeah. So the way it was, I guess, miracle back then. So we did like a private label one week. We called it bio a Kai berry. So we used the bio word long time before a lot of people. And we started selling quite crazy, you know. Uh, we were, we started like $5,000. I guess the, the, the whole funding to, for the project we okay. ordered, we ordered the products from the UK and we just ordered like for as much as we had. And we spent like hundred dollars for advertising and we sold like hundred units. That Is was it, so 5k us, but yeah, exactly. knowing that a monthly salary is 500, let's say for the more yeah. for the normal person uh average that's uh what is that 10 10 months salary yeah 10 months but see i mean in my previous job and i i was making like 5k per per month so i had some money i okay. already got my apartment so i, I just I like money. to put the perspective of like how big of an idea that is in a country like that because yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, maybe my five... listeners won't understand that you know um yeah but it's a I big mean, deal yeah, 5K, even back then for a business is not that much. I mean, because for 5K, what can you buy back then? You know, probably you can buy one tenth of an apartment mm -hmm. back then. So it's not, it was not that much money. And we got work three guys in the, and the funny thing is that the two guys are not convinced. They didn't want to do it and say, okay, guys, you know what? You I'll do the, yeah, I'll do the following, you know, I'll get, I'll, I'll, I'll have like, uh, like 2K on my site, I'll order stuff, I'll sell them and I'll prove you that it's a good idea. I did that and they say, okay, man, yeah, let, let's do that. Then we build a website with the first product. Then, you know, we started selling, of course, once we sold the first one, we reinvested everything in more stock. We started advertising and at one point, no, we're, and this is like in a matter of one year, in one year, we're like having like like thousand dollars per day advertising and we're selling like thousand units that's which amazing. is crazy yeah, amazing, amazing but yeah the cost per cost per click was like one cent like one usd because like facebook was new i mean we're the first one doing like facebook advertising for this type of stuff and the company where i worked for two months we became their biggest competitor by the way so the one you were working for before exactly exactly and then you know then what we do next? I mean, we developed a second product, like it was called extremepower.net. We still keep the domain name. So it was like a muscle builder, like the nitric booster type of supplements okay. that you got. You get nitric buff, booster, so. like it makes your veins open up. Exactly, exactly, exactly. So this was the second product. And it was even a bigger hit you now because everybody was into the stuff and it, we started growing a lot. And of course, the next thing, what we did, expanded to Greece, Romania, Central Europe, whole Eastern Europe, and the whole rest of Europe. We were selling even in Scandinavia. And this was in a matter of like 
less than two years. So from the 5K that we started with in like 2010, we had like uh, revenue, like an annual revenue, like five million in four years. Okay, so and pause there, pause there, because I think people can lose some of like the grasp of of the situation. So I just want to break it down a little bit. One, um, I probably started. I've been in in e-commerce ten years, so you know that puts me like starting around 2011. <clears throat> so that time. Um, as someone that was trying to get my teeth sharpened on e-commerce and then started doing Upwork and things like that, where a lot of it was overseas in countries like Bulgaria or Russia or wherever that were that were doing a lot of the work, um, no one talked about Amazon. Uh, the only people thinking about Amazon were uh, people putting product up for the first time being distributors or private label guys. Like it was very innovative guys like yourself that were hiring me in those days to do little projects for them. Okay, so I try to tell people my origin story and I want to bring it full circle um, because I was doing projects like, I mean, now our industry is completely different than it used to be. But in those days, like it was such an opportunity just to like, okay, I was I was launching people's brands from scratch. It'd be like you hired me for, you know, that five mm -hmm. grand, maybe you spent like a 300 bucks to set up your listings and you do the SEO and, you know, those kinds of things. We were figuring it out together very much. So I would tell Nick, I'd be like, Nick, I. I don't, I know how to do these two things. I don't know the other two. I'll figure it out. And that was like how e-commerce was back then. Everyone was just kind of, I feel like figuring stuff out. And, and one other thing I'll say that you touched on was, uh, your, your ads were like a, a penny, a cent each or two exactly, cents each. Exactly. So when I was launching brands in 2014 or 15, when I launched supplement brands, we hit a million too. I was working for other people, but I was launching brands. Um, you know, I learned on advertising when it first came out. I think it came out to Seller Central. I'd been on it a little bit on Vendor Central before that. It came out in 2015 and we were paying pennies and I was learning like I was getting, you know, if you spend a thousand dollars today, you might get a hundred clicks or a thousand clicks if you're lucky, you know, a month. But we were getting tons and tons and tons and tons. And so I was just really learning the ads um, with small budgets really early and getting really good at the ads. And I think that that's true of any thing that's, you know, like emerging in e-commerce. Like if you can be a first mover and be fast, you can take advantage of those low bids. So I want to say, just like give a little tip here. Okay. So what's that look like today? Um, you know, that's like when TikTok comes out or that's when uh, discord comes out or that's when um, some of these things come out. I don't, you don't know exactly what, they will turn into but if you're good at them when they first come out and you get into them and you learn them it can be a big opportunity and i would say in amazon or e-commerce the big move now is international expansion so you know i've launched exactly. i launched a brand in uh, australia a couple years ago i thought it was broken i thought seller central was broken in australia i kept like emailing my reps and, and my advertising partnership whatever i said guys like I, i've been running ads i have ten dollar cpc i should be getting clicks they're like it's working you're just paying like half a cent for a click back then so it was like you know these are some of the things like you just shared all of that and people might not know the nuggets they're, they're getting from that but um that's in, you, being a first mover when no one else is doing this in my mind as someone that felt like for the first four years no one even talked about what i did and you were already doing it and scaling to uh, a million plus that's yeah, crazy. Let, that's crazy. Yeah, that's yeah crazy. let me let me just you know make some you know I guess uh, correction here because the thing is that I didn't I didn't sell where I was selling. I was never I was never selling on Amazon, by the way. Correct. So just we website. Exactly. We we had like a private, like uh, we always have like a landing pages, like the so-called bridge pages, mm -hmm. like a sale page with like some success story, whatever, and then the product page. Well, those and, were way more. Those were way more or enticing to brands or private label guys or entrepreneurs because Facebook and those types of ads were still so cheap. But once those ads started getting um, quite a bit more expensive, people started looking for other options, right? Yeah, but in exactly. those days, like, why oh. would I, why would I even use Amazon when I'm getting them? Yeah, for yeah, penny, exa you know? Exactly. I mean, we're spending a lot. I mean, we use Facebook and Google. That's it. Facebook and Google. That's what we're doing. And that was great for like four or five years. But then you know, we start getting trouble with Facebook, you know, because supplements, you know, you always need to watch out for their guidelines. And we start, of course, they say, okay, I need to fix that. We fix that. They suspend your account. Then we fix it again. Then they suspend your account. So it was getting 
more and more troublesome. We're getting more and more competition because obviously once people see that you're selling, you know, they do what you do. Some of our competitors were just copying like one-to-one -one our product, like Extreme Power. They made this, they copied everything like landing page and they called it Extreme Game. But guess what? We didn't have a copyright. We have a trademark. So it was like it. We didn't we're learning know anything. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But it doesn't matter. We, we had like 20 brands, like male enhancement, uh, I guess how to stay hard, you know, all this stuff, brace enlargement. It was a huge hit. So all the products were good because like I said, you were early, you know, when we, when we started in any of the markets, like in Europe, like Italy, like Spain, Eastern Europe, you know, we we're the first ones. I mean, but like, like I said, this is the key, you know, you, you need to be first and you can take advantage of that so you can have the huge growth. And then of course, like with any business, you know, you, you, you hit the roadblock. And the first roadblock was Facebook and Google's ads were going, I mean, the cost was going up, profit was going down Competition's and then coming. Ex exactly competition. And then the other funny stuff, mobile ads, this, this, this thing made a huge difference. No, a lot of like clicks, no conversions with the mobile ads. So, and then, you know, we said, okay, you know what, this stuff is just, we just spending too much money for like. Were people Advertising. just using the phones, but not really purchasing with the exactly, phones? Yet? Exactly, exactly. So we we went from like probably cut our profit like way fifty percent or more when they started uh, running a lot of uh, mobile traffic, and this in we said, okay, you know what, we need to change some stuff. I'm I'm not talking about the small details because when we're expanding to a new market, you need like uh, new language translations. Always an issue. We're using mm -hmm. agencies. And then our partners in the country say, okay, guys, who did your translation? It sucks, you know? So expansion needs translation. You need to be testing. Of course, if you have a winning strategy, you should test that. But always do ABC testing. You know, you never start with a huge budget. Because even though we knew that we're early, we never uh, invested too much money anywhere. We had like a small budget as a test. If it works, we go full scale. Then you know we, have, we when you have a new product, we never made assumptions. I'm 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 still like that. I never make assumptions. You always test. If it works, you scale, because yep. I mean there, there is no way to burn money. You know if you're not sure, there is no such thing. I'm I'm hundred percent sure this would work. You don't know. I mean this is bullshit. I mean you always should be testing and never make assumptions. Especially so. in e-commerce, especially in Amazon. Um, you know, so many people want me to, the bigger the brand, the more predictions they want me to make and assumptions they want me to make. And I struggle. It's like they're pushing me against the wall and asking me to tell them something I don't know for sure. Um, and I'm a straight shooter, you know? So um, I try to tell them that and I'm like, look, these are the assumptions we can make based off data. But I've had people send in five pallets and they, they sold out in two weeks and we had no idea. And I've sent people send seen people send in four or five pallets and they did nothing and we had the pivot you know so i've seen both sides a million times you just don't know you test small and you figure it out as it as it starts working um i didn't mean to interrupt you but i do want i, I want to round out this the the first e-commerce story because i do want to use the next 15 minutes to kind of talk about how you've leveraged like your experience with that first company into what you're doing today at scale and, and I don't want to miss that opportunity. And we just we just got about another 15 minutes. So um, I don't want to give people all of the stuff about um, like like with the brand. But is that why I think you talked about exiting? Let's kind of talk about why briefly and then go into um, because I'm seeing it more and more and more and more now. People that started in e-commerce doing one thing are now doing something else. But it's because no one else has that experience. And so like someone like yourself that's uh, did your own brands, made these connections, understood the vendors you need, understand all the connections you need. And now you're leveraging that, um, you know, in sales. Um, I would love to give some nuggets around that, too. Okay, okay. So this is the story. No, I thought we hit the roadblock, so we need to switch. What we did, we started using affiliates and partners to run our offers. So we spend only based on, based on performance. And that was for the next like four or five years from till last year, like in 2010. You know, we had some difference with my other co-founders. I told them, okay, I wanna, I want out. I mean, it's getting very saturated. You know, I mean, I don't, I don't like it anymore. I mean, I, I'm into huge growth, like early ideas. I'm not into just running a store with like thousand products, which was the idea of my other co-founders. And I said, okay, no, I'll sell you my brands. 
you do whatever you want with them. That's it. So I, I exit my brand. I didn't know about aggregators back then. So they didn't so exist I, back then. Yeah, but think. but you were already in a down downtrend, so we were not like a perfect fit anyway. So and I'm out. And uh we we're using Tax for our VAT compliance. Okay. And you know, I knew the co-founders and they say, Okay, Nick, when you know that you're selling the company be and we have an idea. We would like somebody to run the partnership program for us to set up that and start. So I said, Great, I mean, I'm already out of my previous company. So of course I'll do that for you. And I had no experience with Amazon. I mean, we have, we were considering selling on Amazon before, but we never did that because we're doing well outside of Amazon. So I was new to the industry. So I started you now with developing the partnership program because I knew how to do that. I was doing that already for my previous company, finding partners. I know how it works. You find as many as possible. You do some activities with them. And based on these results, you see who is reliable. It's test, simple test, as that. Test, test, Exa test. Exa exactly. So this is what I do with Helotax. I checked what other companies are doing. And if and I saw that what the e-commerce industry needs is just education. And you know, I, I never did a webinar, I never did a podcast until January this year. And this year I have done like 40. This is huge. This is huge, Nick, because um this is exactly it. It's education and it's trust building. So for the longest time, as someone super passionate, getting success on, on Amazon, like why, why other people were doing web and, and winning big, I was winning big on Amazon and no one just knew about it. And so I was excited about it. Um, I would go out there to the Facebook forums, whoever, and see, um, you know, uh, articles like people that ran Facebook ads at a high level dogging on Amazon, people saying Amazon's bad or, you know, all the reasons why not to use it. You can't track things, attribution, the revenue, uh, you can't protect your brand. People can steal your ideas. Amazon steals your ideas. There's a million things, right? And I was instead helping small businesses like really grow. Maybe that brand that was doing well and then were struggling because of Facebook and now they got Amazon and found some of that business back, for example. That's an example of like a brand helping a brand that maybe like was using one opportunity and has moved. Um, and you just talked about the space needed education. And I think, um, that's where I really started my YouTube, my Instagram, everything I was doing was not, not even really to get business. It was to build trust, uh, in a space where I think a lot of marketers and Amazon gurus, if I can say that or consultants are full of shit. Uh, and like they've, they've lost trust with people. And I'm just kind of old school where I think, you know, business is done through relationships at a high level. Um, and I wanted people to trust me where I'm not getting on the phone and just convincing them about, you know, trust me, trust me, trust me, trust me, trust me. I, I wanted my content to, to build that trust automatically. So I think, um, you're right. Uh, and it's still, it's still an education game right now, right? It's yeah, still, it, it, it's still it an education like that. game. So I'll give an example because no, uh, I, the first thing that I did with hell taxes, I just went through communication, spoke with partners and the first thing that I noticed that a lot of the partnerships are one sided and I have a call with these guys and they tell me, okay, I'll give you a referral link. I'll pay a commission and you'll send me business. I said, why the hell should they do that? I mean, you're not different. Everybody's doing that. Let's do something different. Let's do some events. Let's educate yourselves. Let's educate ourselves about free value. Free value. Exactly. Exactly. We do that. And we started doing that with all the partners. You no. Know? And this is not the thing. There is also a lot of people who educate, like I said, gurus, but they don't know how to promote. And if you don't have people on, on your event or if people don't watch them, it doesn't make sense because you need audience who you can help. So this is one thing that I know how to do based from my other business, I would like always to have an audience because otherwise it's just like a call that I have with anybody every day. We need to help somebody. And by doing that, you know, I started organizing webinars and always you know I, I speak with a lot of people and I like to connect people. My, I have the following, you know, like, uh, I, I mean, it's not like it is belief, it's mindset. You no, know, if I like somebody, I would like to connect him with as many of my partners as possible because by helping them, I'm helping first the new partner, then my other partner. So I'm creating like a value for everybody. And I do it for free. I don't do it for money. I mean, I, I like to do it like that. I mean, uh, and some people know it's funny, but because I talk with agencies all the time for, for health tax, because we help them with the VAT in Europe. And I spoke with like two like young girls last week and they say, okay, you're, you're running a scam, you know, 
how come you don't you don't want anything? I mean, uh, how come you, you connect us for free? I said, I mean, I'm, I mean, explain. You know, I, I help you. I help them. You know, I build a good relationship. Right. You know, yeah. I mean, you're, I'm a giver. I mean, I and this is my approach. Let's do something together. Let's, I guess, help each other. And if there is an overlap, the commercial part would come naturally. No, there is no need to force it. If I tell you, okay, come, my solution is the best. I mean, why? Why is the best? I mean, I like to break it down, like kind of like into a, like a dating relationship example. Like I very much think business and dating are very similar <laughs> in regards to that relationship building. Um, it's like, you know, if you immediately meet someone and you're like, I'm trying to take you home and sleep together, it doesn't work like that. You know, most times, like I don't think most times it works like that for for us. Uh, definitely not one that keeps that gets to the ring stage. You know, um, exceptions aside, I'm generally speaking. But typically, it's let's become friends and build trust together. And you know, maybe I just take you home that night and drop you off safely, and and I'm not a creep. And the next time, you know, um, she's like, hey, that guy, that guy wasn't so bad. He's trustworthy. He didn't even try to like you know, come inside when I was drunk or whatever the case might be. Right. It's like, (laughs) it's just doing the right thing sometimes. Like, you know, you're just making connections, building relationship, being friends. Let's start there. And if we have some chemistry after we've hung out a couple of times, then we'll see what happens. Um, And I think that that's a silly example, but it's very, very similar to, to how I like to do business. Um, And so that, that kind of like a, like Gary V is a, a not to keep bringing him up, but he's like a big, big, a big influence to me and, and, a, and a known voice out there. Uh, and he just talks about, you know, content is either educational or entertaining. And I'm not here to make entertaining content. I do my best on the podcast, you know, make it fun. Uh, but it's really educational. And it's, uh, you know, it's really like, hey, let's just educate on the space. Um, let's not educate for private label or resellers. Uh, in, in the early days for me, it was like, who's not doing anything for brands and manufacturers? And so I wanted to do stuff for brands and manufacturers because no one was talking to them about what they should be doing. Uh, so that was like, you know, that was my input. But I want to make a small plug here because we got about 10 more minutes. A shout out to our sponsor, Fullscale.io, helping you build software teams quickly and affordably. You talk about building partnerships and, and, and creating relationship. Uh, Matt DeCourcy, uh, the founder of uh, this podcast, Startup Hustle, another host, uh, he's on three days a week, but also the founder of Full Scale, our sponsor for today's episode. For the longest time, he was just helping me, helping me, helping me. I didn't understand why. Uh, and I just kept thinking kind of like your friend you mentioned, like, what is he trying to get from me? Right. It was just like, I, I mean, honestly, he's more successful than me. You know, his business is further along. Um, I just couldn't really figure out what the value was in this guy, like helping introduce me to all these people in Kansas City and, and abroad. Um, and it was really like just understanding that not everyone has a motive. It's rare, but some people don't. And at first it was Matt DeCourcy was just like, man, the first time we talked, you were, you were working at 10 p.m. on a Friday. And I, I liked that. I called you on a Friday and you weren't out at the club. You were working and you know, me and him had a combo, and then I got on his podcast. And uh, a year and a half later, I, I'm now a host on the podcast. Um, but it was just that kind of synergy of like, I like helping people. You seem like somebody that's trying to help yourself. I like I like helping people that are trying to help themselves already. Um, and that was a relationship that I really had to get past some of my own insecurities of people just being willing to help sometimes and taking that help um, and knowing that I'll get a chance later to pay them back or to give them an opportunity. You know. Yeah, and in usual, no, you don't, I don't, I never ask because all the time people t- tell me, okay, Nick, what can I do for you? And I said, honestly, nothing. And and I have a reason for that. You know, my calendar is pre-booked for like three weeks ahead. I mean, I cannot take any more calls, you know. So I don't do it like it with a purpose. I connect people. I mean, the other thing is I've been fully remote since 2010. Okay. So I live in Sofia, the capital in the winter. In the summer, I live on the Black Sea. We have a, like a beach property. So for me, Quality of life, it's it's first, you know, then it's money. Because in my previous company, I made a lot of money. I was semi-retired for like two years. I did some stupid shit. I played, I, I said, let's say, traded oil futures. I was like a quarter million from what I made from the previous company. So you can make bad decisions. So, mm-hmm. so right now, I guess on the right course, I help. I mean, hell tax, I help many of my partners as well because i connect people for free you know they tell me nick what can i do for you i'll send you a referral so don't worry guys no, i don't want to refer us i mean 
I, I guess I made enough. I mean, I'm happy with what I have. So I'm, I, I guess I like what I do. You know, this, I mean, it's not like a work because I like what I'm doing. What would you, how would you, how would you position that as a, um, maybe a tip for, for our listeners that are listening today, um, that are trying to build out their biz dev or trying to do better in their sales or, or, um, some of their like co-marketing stuff. Um, you know, what's, what's the real mindset that we're sharing, that we're talking about, which is just giving value to others just because you like helping people. But let's say someone is not just like Nick, what are some things they can do, um, you know, that, that, that you know of to help them grow their business? I guess like a, t- a tip in regards t- to, to getting more that way inside their culture. I mean, tip, I mean, their culture, I mean, they should, I mean, like a sales, a sales company. I mean, when you have a product, you should be never, I mean, if you like, if you do B2B, never sell your product. Just, just show your product, educate people. If they like that, then you can do like synergies, you know, you can get outreach to their audience. So a lot of companies made the mistake to do like direct selling. They go for the, I guess they would like to sell the product to like one brand or one person. You should go for partners because partners have the outreach. If they like what to do, they will be happy to share that with your audience and add value and vice versa. So never, never sell yourself. Great advice. Uh, b- b- build a story, you know. In any companies like that, I mean, Hell Talks, they have a very good story. And I like them for a few reasons. First, they're fully remote. Everybody in the company works from home. We have people in who are like in Bali, like Nomads. We have people in the States. We have people all over Europe. Nobody cares where you're located. The two co-founders, Christian and Christoph, they were Amazon sellers. They were selling online. They had issues with the VT compliance. And they were chatting in a Facebook group how they have issues with their sellers and because they had like a, like a small agency, both of them. Okay. How they had issues with that. And they say, okay, you know what? Let's build a VAT solution, like a VAT compliance solutions for sellers, which is tailored for Amazon. So they met online. They didn't meet, I guess, live offline mm-hmm. for like two years. And they managed to grow a company from like zero to like 60 plus people, which are fully remote. That's crazy. And we have like 10,000 clients right now. And I like companies like that who are open, who give, I guess, the freedom to their employees. In I mean, nobody's going to watch you what to do. You know, it's, I guess it's company for people with the same mindset. You know, you know what to do. You have your tasks, you know, no guidance, nothing. I mean, we, you help. And it's the same approach. We help, we, pro, we, we help sellers to succeed, to expand. It's as simple as possible. I've, I've done it myself. And, we, in the webinars, this is the one thing we do. We tell them, here is you know, what you need to know. Here are the steps. You, of course, you need to make the next one. And we have a, a very good uh, moral for that in Bulgarian. You can take the horse to the river, but you cannot make it drink. So we Correct. can give you all the tips, but you need to make the last step. I mean, you need to make the decision. And a lot of time people ask me, okay, when is the best time to start my business? And I always say yesterday because... You need to be like proactive, never wait. What might happen? What would happen? And here is another of my favorite quotes. Um, tell me if you guess who, who said that. You miss 100% of the shots that you don't take. Shoot or shoot. Shoot or shoot. Yeah. Because you yeah. miss 100% of the shots yeah. you don't take. Michael yeah. Jordan? No, uh, Wayne Gretzky. Wayne Gretzky. Okay. Either one, I think, probably had something similar to say. Yeah, exactly. they, they, they both shot a lot. Um, how do you say that in Bulgarian, just for fun? Which one? Uh, you miss a hundred, or like the the Bulgarian saying. I just want to hear it. Oh, I mean the Bulgarian saying with the horse. Yes. Oh, with the horse. Mozes da zakaraš kone do rekata, no ne mozes da go nakara da ne karaš da pije. I love it. I love it. You know why? Because uh, it's the podcast um, for me that's been the best like thing in my life that's really sparked. Um, my inspiration again as someone that's been in space 10 years getting to talk to people like you nick that that are full of passion and and, um competitive drive and ambition uh but also that put family and and quality of life first and you know it's not just talking to other people in kansas city or la or new york um but you know we we work with sellers and brands and partners all over the world Uh, i think that's what i love about e-commerce so much is it's this kind of equalizing it's an equalizer uh you know and it's you you started a brand in, in Bulgaria and using the UK to source products. And, you know, we help sellers all the time. That's why we even connected was I wanted to 
proactively, I wasn't looking for it. I proactively wanted to have, you know, a tool in my back pocket where someone's expanding to the UK or the EU or, or the Middle East. You know, we talked about, I think, an email chain yesterday mm -hmm. um, and, and they need that. Who do I who do I plug them into? You know, who do I connect them with? And if I've already got that, um, I'm providing value to my clients. So I spend a lot of my time biz devving. Uh, just so that whenever I need, whenever my brand comes to me for that thing, I've got a guy or I've got a woman, or I've got a team that can fill that void. Yeah, I have exactly the same approach. That was the one thing that I did at the beginning because HelloTax will offer two things, VT registrations and filing. That's it, nothing else. So and my, my goal was the following. We, if we don't offer something, I must have a partner who offers that. So as simple as that. Because you no, know, if I don't, I, I never say no. If I say if I don't know something, this is what they do. I send email to my network. Hey guys, do you know somebody? And by giving it the beginning, I know that somebody will help me out. As simple as that. I give without asking. But if I need an advice or help, I know that I just I just need one email and people will help me out or they'll sure. help out the person who is asking. Real life example, this is how business is done. And one thing I didn't touch base on just as we're rounding out here was um, <clears throat> you talked about not direct selling. And Marknology, like I'm proud of this because I think it's really hard to do. Uh, but through referral partners and inbound marketing like like Google, like like our blog or our website uh, is where I get most of our leads from Marknology. And we're as busy as we can be. We don't pay for any ads. We don't We don't say, hey, we want... If you were to ask me, Andrew, what are three brands you want? I don't really have a list because I feel like the right brands find us. We find each other. I'm not out there hunting them. Uh, you know, there's not like this specific brand I want. Um, and it really is just about educating. You know, I think even one time I told someone, hey, I'm not trying to sell you. I, I just got on this phone call. I thought you had questions, you know, and I, I clarified because I'm like, look, I, I really am just here to answer questions. I'm not here to convince anyone of anything. I'm just I'm just here to help. Uh, and then I, may, I set that straight because I wanted them to know uh, in no way was I trying to sell them, right? Um, at first, it was convince them that they need to be on Amazon. And then when they knew they need to be on Amazon, it was, I need you to work with Marknology. Now everyone knows they need to be on Amazon for the most part. And, and it's, what are your needs? Marknology might be a good fit for you, you know? So a couple of things you just said there that I think are, are really big. And, and the thing that happened last night I, I just mentioned was, I have a brand expanding to Saudi Arabia uh, and we've talked to an Amazon rep there. We're launching. He says, you guys need to get that in order. Okay. So uh, Nick had already introduced me um, to several partners in, in the Middle East. Uh, but I didn't know, I didn't know of anyone that was particularly that for the Middle East. So uh, I reached out to her and I reached out to you last night, I think, or early this morning. I think I scheduled my emails cause it was late last night. Um, and you know, I was, uh, we, we found a partner and a connection already. So I've got my brand set up to talk to someone, you know, soon, um, about getting VAT in Saudi Arabia. And, and all I said was, Hey, Hey, his name is Andy as well. I said, Andy, I, I don't know exactly who we need to go to for VAT or, or what to do in Saudi Arabia. I'm learning this as we go. Uh, but let me, I got a couple of guys, Nick knows everybody. Um, you know, let me reach out and see if he's got, you know, if he's got a referral for us. So that's really how. That's at least how I like to do business, you know, and it's just like, cool, you got you, you plugged in your buddy or your, your friend's company. Maybe you've had him on a podcast before. You guys are just friends. You've done marketing together. Um, and I'm sure it'll come back around. And, and I think that's, uh, you know, we've had a conversation today just going back and forth. But I think business has been done as well. And I hope somebody got something from this. Yeah, of course. I mean, we never talk about business, but, you know, we can talk about business. business. Yeah, we, exactly. We, we are helping. So, I mean, if you like us, no you get in touch with us. You know how to find us. So we're not telling you anything, you know. We're just I think, talking. <laughs> I think one of the best compliments I ever got was uh, someone was listening to the show and uh, they said they'd listened to an episode and hit me up. Uh, and they were like, it was really cool. I was just listening to you guys talk, tell stories. And and then every so often I'd be like, ah, they like they threw a little business in there. Um, you know, we're still like, me and, me and the guests were doing business on, on the podcast. And I didn't even notice because it just felt like a conversation to me. But when she, you know, she made mention of that, I'm like, that's how it should be. Um, and, and maybe that's old school. Sometimes I feel older than I am, uh, you know, but um, 
no we're, there's we're, been great tips today but great tips yeah. i wish we had another hour talking about your story yeah, I, I you know, honest, honestly we have a lot of stuff but just to summarize you know i guess build connections help each other everything could come eventually the commercial part nature information is the key because if you don't have information if you don't know how to do something you don't do anything so I guess meet people. You, you. I, I. It's the same with the like the Wayne Gretzky quote. I talk with everybody. I never make assumptions. This guy is small. This guy is big. I don't care. I talk with everybody. You never know who is like a great like partner or like a great relationship. So because they might turn, they might turn to your super fan. You know. Yeah. A super <laughs> fan is someone that just talks about you every every like chance they get. You know, and it can just be one person can outperform. 10 or 20 others if they really really believe in a service or a team exactly um, I, i like you no know, small big partners anybody don't care and i always i talk with competitors i talk with everybody i would like to learn as much as possible you know <laughs> education no. every day all the time for free nick i know that i think it's like just to our listeners out there i think it's 11:30. is it 11:30 over there getting close yeah it's, uh, it's late and so this is nick's last call um I'm, i'm really thankful for having you on the show nick thanks for staying up late to talk to our our u.s audience um this has been really fantastic getting to know you and your story a little bit better yeah i'm I'm hip to talk all the time like you said my last call for the week fridays off and the weekends for me so over i go to i go to bed in like 30 minutes so it's over for me <laughs> well if someone wants to connect with you personally or or to get to, to get vat services in the uk or just maybe even a, a business or a service provider wanting to do partnerships with you uh what's the best spot to reach you i mean i uh, you can get in touch with andrew and he'll connect you taxes okay. taxes are personal topic you know we don't we have referral links we never share that because Taxes are, are a sensitive topic. You don't go and buy tax on the website. Even though we're a SaaS solution, we do all that online. You need somebody to guide you, to tell you how things are done, to put the proper expectations, and then we can do this stuff. So if you guys need something, get in touch with Andy. He's a partner. Of course, we have discount for you guys, but don't worry. That's not important. Oh. Well, wow, you're the only one. You're the only guest I've had. I've had a, a, over 100 episodes, I think, or I'm getting close personally. The only guys I have ever known that 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 pushed them back to me. So that's that's very honorable, very cool. Um, I love your style, Nick, and and I'll know I'll have you back on the show. It's been a pleasure. Yeah, me too, Andrew. Yeah. All right, thank you, hustlers. And yeah. once again, shout out to to today's sponsor for our episode, FullScale.io, helping you build software teams quickly and affordably. I'll see you next time, hustlers. Startup Hustles brought to you by FullScale.io, helping you build a software team quickly and affordably. Make sure you reach down and hit that subscribe button, then come find us on Instagram. See you next time.